Oh, yes. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to News of the Week. My name is Connor Rhodes, your host as always. But you already knew that, didn't you? It's your friendly neighborhood nutritionist back again to speak to you about health, happiness, and what's been going on in the world. I am coming back to you in different form and format. Things have changed, ladies and gentlemen. Personally, I'm back. That's a change, isn't it? Because <laughs> it's been a little bit of time since this podcast has come out, a specific news of the week. But any podcast, really, on this Slum Society channel. You might be watching this on YouTube. I am recording on a few different camera angles. Um, it depends what happens with post-production and with my internet and things like that, whether this goes on YouTube. So perhaps you're able to see me. If so, thank you. You'll see this is a completely different studio setting. There's different angles. I mean, I'm just somewhere completely different if you can see where I am. Um, you may know about this from my Facebook page or you may be a Slim Society client, a member of the Six Steps to Slim program. So you may know about what's been going on, you may not. But I'm about to fill you in anyway, and then we'll talk about what's been going on, and we'll see, as always, if we actually get to any news. <laughs> I'm going to try to, though. Um, I've got five or six different news articles ready and loaded onto the computer today, so if you are able to view this, then you, you will be able to see on the video the articles that I'm going through, and bear with me a little bit, please, on this <laughs> journey that we're about to go on, because I am here solo for a start. It's just me. Okay, I know what you love on News of the Week. I know you love Will Hukin also, my partner in crime. Um, the monkey man himself. But things have changed a little bit, ladies and gentlemen. Um, one thing is I've moved house. I'm in this place now. Again, if you can see, there's pictures on the walls. Um, I'm in Melton Mowbray, um, <laughs> of all places. And this is about an hour and a half away from Sheffield. It's about an hour and a half away from Sheffield. I've completely upped ship and moved a little bit south into the middle of rural Leicestershire to a quite pretty and quite quaint little village called the Melton Mowbray, which I'd not really heard of <laughs> until last year um, when I met a lady who told me that she lived here. I thought, where's that, sorry? Uh, she explains me and then we got along really well and now we're in a relationship and that's been going on for a while so the traveling back and forth was not good i was getting trains back and forth multiple times per week <laughs> um or my girlfriend louise was trying to visit me you know and it was just difficult for months and months and months and months so it's um I made the decision because my work is all online and because I have freedom and can help my people from anywhere. Um, Louise is the same age as me, but she's just started um, doing graphics design at Loughborough University. So she's tied to this area in location because she has to be there. Also, she has a daughter who's in school and stuff like this, so you know. Um, so it's just too difficult to move from where she lives to Sheffield, it just wasn't really going to happen. So it had to be me, basically. And you've got to take a chance on love, don't you? It was my decision. <laughs> you've got to take a chance sometimes, don't you, ladies and gentlemen? Um, but I'm enjoying it, being here. It's a lot different. I've just been living in the centre of Sheffield for eight years or something like this. I can't even remember. I don't know. Um, maybe slightly more, maybe slightly less. Um, city life, busy, working every day, lots to do, people everywhere, people in, people out, bit of a bit of a more busy 
I was going to say loud, but not really, because Sheffield's quite quiet and the people are quite calm and nice as well. So it's not necessarily loud, but a bit more of a faster paced lifestyle a bit. You know, it's just different, isn't it? But now I live in a kind of a rural area. Um, if you look at Melton Mowbray on a map, it's surrounded by a whole lot of countryside. And I actually live next to the edge of the countryside <laughs> by literally like less than a half a mile walk. And it just goes straight into the countryside from where I live, from where I am right now. Literally, this is the office setup. This is the studio area at my new house in Melton Mowbray. And it's actually a beautiful day. I don't know if you can... Perhaps not, but I can hear the birds cheeping outside. The sky is beautiful and blue. The date is the 26th of February, and it feels a little bit like spring. The The sun's been hitting me for the last week in a different way. I've been able to feel it a little bit more on the skin. You know, some actual heat coming from the sun for once. <laughs> um, maybe you felt that too. Maybe you felt that too. So spring's coming. I can't wait. I've got a garden here where I live now, which is an, which is an improvement and advantage of where I lived in Sheffield. I had a extremely nice apartment with the studio and you know um the gym room and stuff like this in it um in sheffield but no garden and not even a balcony which when i when i saw the apartment i thought yes this is perfect because i needed some specific things for the podcast setup and studio to work um even though it didn't work out with the internet speed but i found ways around that anyway but you just can't always get everything that you want. And I thought, ah, no garden at this place and no balcony. But the other things about the apartment were just too good that I I went for it anyway. But now I'm I'm back in a garden and you just, you realise the advantages and I can't wait until summer. Um, and I'll be trying to get some video content made outside as well. All the, I have a lot of portable podcast equipment and video recording equipment too. So I can take that out, um, maybe into the countryside, get a nice little setup. You guys have enjoyed that in the past when I've done that. Hear the birds chirping, you see a nice um, countryside setup, real beautiful. So back on news of the week, Will Hugin's not here, um, mostly just because I've moved house. Um, also, he, he was ill a little bit, you know if you were a listener of the show. Um, he's, he's had a variety of illnesses going on, bless the boy, it's not it's not his fault, is it? Um, and he's, he's, he's good at this minute in time, he's, he's getting better at this minute in time, but he had a little bit of a rough time over December, but... Um, I'm still in contact with him all the time and he's getting better uh, at this minute in time but he's not here and I'm not there I'm going to see if I can get him to either come down or see if I can go to Sheffield to record a few episodes of News of the Week like this or maybe we can jump on Zoom and if you're only a listener then you might not even be able to tell the difference that much you know I've got a decent internet connection here hopefully he does too and we could see what's happening couldn't we um, other podcasts are going to be coming out again soon too i've got a podcast with lynn robertson um recorded and ready to go and i've got three other podcast guests lined up so some of these people will be zooming in i've also been having a look around this village slash town called melton mowbray to see what's going on and there's a church called saint mary's church and they have a community center place which is actually like really nice just around the corner from the church i think it's called saint mary's place st mary's place um i do believe they've got a little room that'd be great for podcasts to rent and it's like six or ten pounds an hour something like very cheap it's like a little room um, a little office kind of thing that'd be real cool um and there's also places to 
I've been thinking about maybe putting on some lectures and stuff like this for free for the town here in Melton Mowbray, much like I used to do in Sheffield. I used to do it all the time in Sheffield before things got COVID cancelled every single week sometimes. And that's going to be coming back soon too. I'm going to be posting a... Making a video, making a post soon on the Slum Society public page about... I need some help, basically. <laughs> I need some people to suggest where we could have the group meetings in a post-COVID world that's in the centre of Sheffield. I need a place probably on a weekday night to set up a group meeting. And I'll have to walk 15 minutes, get two trains and then walk 15 minutes to get there. But I'm committed. And then either get a hotel and stay there and do it back the next day or do it back the same day. But I don't think the trains even come out from Leicester to Melton Mowbray here past like 8, 15 p.m. or something, I think is the last train back through. So that might even not work. <laughs> but I don't mind a Premier Inn as well, you know, and I don't mind a Premier Inn breakfast. It's a place you can go where you can ask for as many eggs as you like and nobody will roll an eye. <laughs> there will nobody will even raise an eyebrow if I ask for five eggs, please. <laughs> it's quite nice, actually. And you know what you're getting with a Premier Inn. That's what I like about it. Other, other hotels are variable. Obviously, I like independent hotels, too. I think you can have many fantastic, and I have had many fantastic and unique experiences at one-off hotels, boutique hotels, um, independently owned hotels. But as far as the chains go, this is just my opinion, I think Premier Inn, pow, pow, pow. The beds are always the same. The rooms are always roughly the same. The colours are always roughly the same. The breakfast's always roughly the same. And it's all decent for a good price. It's all good. You, you literally just, you just, there's nothing to complain about. It's all just good. It's good enough, definitely. Um, for an extremely affordable price at a Premier Inn, in my opinion. I did think the breakfast was better before COVID because they used to have a buffet selection where you could get many, many different things. Flapjacks for breakfast, unlimited. Are you kidding? Different types of pancakes and sweet treats and different jams. And you can do your own toast in the toaster thing. And then there's the coffee machine. And then somebody makes you any part of the cooked breakfast that you want. And then they bring it over. And then after you've eaten it, they just ask you if you want more because it's all just unlimited. And there's a little like breakfast bar, you know, kind of like it is when you go on holiday. I'm like, yes, I like all of this. The... You know, if you go abroad and then you go into, you're staying in a large hotel and you go for the buffet breakfast. That's what it was like at Premier Inn, maybe you remember. Now, I've not been for a, a couple of months, but I did, I was staying, traveling around a little bit, a few few places over the last year or two, and noticed that since COVID, the breakfast had changed. All the buffet things had gone away. The use the coffee machine yourself thing had gone away. The, the toaster machine where you toast it yourself had gone away. And I like that, thank you. You know, all these different, the sweet treats had gone away. The menu size had shrunk down. I thought, oh, that's a shame. But anyway, you still can't complain, can you? Because it's still, it's still decent for the money that you pay. Um, so the podcast's back here. Lovely to be speaking to you again. More podcasts are going to be coming soon in different format. I'm hoping to do this as regularly as possible. If I can get it out to you every single week, that'd be fantastic. Don't you think? People have been complaining. People have been asking me and people have been complaining. Where's the podcast, Connor? Why haven't you done any podcast, Connor? I know. It's because I've been moving house and moving work and trying to stay on top of all of my routines. And I'm not even fully unpacked. I mean, I know this looks relatively neat here for you on the camera, doesn't it? You should see over there, there's loads of boxes. <laughs> there's like six boxes of things. And that's just like studio area stuff still to unpack. I've done most of the things. Um, I came here without any furniture as well, which you may have heard me talk about on um, video before because my apartment in Sheffield was furnished. So I came here without any furniture. I've had to buy furniture, acquire furniture, get furniture, build some furniture. 
decorations, pictures on the walls, just literally a whole life's worth of stuff needed getting and sorting out. And now it's just starting to settle out slowly. I'm just starting to get everything under control. The weather's looking up and nice. My routines are getting sorted. I've still been eating healthy. That's a good thing. I've managed to stay on top of my healthy eating. I've had maybe one takeaway in the two or three weeks I've been here. That's literally all I can remember, one takeaway. And I had a chicken kebab in like, just literally squares of chicken in a kebab in a, it wasn't a naan. You know, when you, you go on the, you go on the menus to order, they ask you, do you want it in a pitta or in a naan? And you know, you want the naan. I said to my girlfriend, she suggested this place as well, because if you know anything about me, you know, I do not like ordering random takeaway food from random places, you know, and everywhere is random to me in this place. So I find it all suspect <laughs> and up for inspection and a judgment. This is how I find it. And she said, no, this place is really nice. I've ordered from here before. I said, all right, then fine. Um, and it was excellent, by the way. And I said to her, do I want the pitta or the naan? She said, well, you... You definitely want the naan, don't you? Because it's just way nicer. I said, yes, but it's just way more calories. And she just gave me a look. Like, as if, like, does it matter? And I thought, well, you're right, aren't you? Well, you're right. Does it matter? No, it doesn't. I'll just get the naan. And it was excellent. Thank you. It was excellent. And I've been out for one or two meals in a restaurant. I went to an Indian restaurant here in Melton Mowbray called The New Aperba. The new, obviously spelt as, and then Aperba, A-P-U-R-B-A. In fact, do you know what we'll do? Let's um, bring it up on the screen here for you. The new Aperba, we might as well use the... Um, let me just check that you can see that now. You can, all right. Hello, lovely to see you on a different camera angle. There we go, all right. Told you just have to give me a second to get used to this. So if, if, if this does come out on video, you'll be able to see what I'm looking at now. The new Aperba restaurant, address 38 Leicester Street, Melton Mowbray, LE 130PP. Um, this, th this restaurant was absolutely beautiful. Um, I was a little bit worried going to this restaurant. I was a little bit worried, let me tell you. Um, because I saw a sign on the outside and it said something like five courses for $12.95. And I thought, is that a good thing? I mean, ah, is, listen, obviously that sounds like a good deal, but how can it be that good of a deal? I don't know about this. Five for $12.95? I don't even know if I want to pay that little. I think I'd rather pay more. <laughs> anyway, let's get you off this website. Sorry about that. Um, it's about 15 minutes walk from where I live. It's about five minutes walk from where Louise lives in this town of Melton Mowbray. Um, she said she had never been there, but had ordered a delivery from there before and that it was nice. And I thought, mm, okay, I'm gonna have to trust you, aren't I? And then we went in, it was excellent. I feel five stars. I've been to a lot of different Indian restaurants in my time. I enjoy Indian food. Um, and Pakistan style food and all, just that area of the world food. You know, I enjoy this a lot. I've been to many different places. I have I have my favorites in terms of the meal choices and different restaurants to go to. My favorite um, up until this point, hey, wait a second, that's a delivery for me. Let me pause the show. I just heard the door knock twice. 
All right, people, we're back. It was the doorbell and it was for me. <laughs> of course it was. Um, it was deliveries of rugs. Do you see? I'm still trying to get my life sorted out. Do you see? It was a rug delivery. Anyway, we're back. We are back. And the new Aperba restaurant was absolutely excellent. Um, I had Peshwari naan. Oh my God. It was, I don't even know how it was that sweet or how it was that nice. Literally, I don't know what they made it out of. But literally when I tasted the Peshwari naan, when I put it into my face, I was going to say when I put it into my face, <laughs> technically I did. When I put it into my mouth, my face just, it's like time froze for a moment. I thought, what? I was so confused. I didn't even know that a naan could taste like that. I've had Peshwari before, but not like this. I thought, what, sorry? And then continued to eat more of it, obviously, and continued to be shocked by its nicety and pleasantry. It was amazing, honestly. Um, I had a curry that had spinach in and chicken. That was nice. Um, of course it was. And they even did nice desserts, which is unusual for an Indian restaurant, in my opinion. I had a little salted caramel pot, it was called, and it was ice cream mixed with caramel um, and shortbread bits like mixed into it in some like appropriately sized, not too big, but not too small glass pot. Yes. Yes, to cool down a little bit of the spice afterwards. Yes. And were the people extremely nice who worked there? Yes, they were. And then they brought hot towels out. Excellent. And then gave me an after eight mint at the end. Yes. Five stars, literally from me out of five. Perfect. Nice food, cheap prices, nice people. Bring out the towels, have good desserts. Let's go after rates. Let's go. This is the game. This is literally the game of Indian food. Um, one of the most enjoyable experiences I've had. Really, 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 really nice. I think I've been out to one other restaurant. Um, can't remember exact time frames on things since I've been officially living here. Maybe that's the only one since I officially moved here. Can't remember. Anyway, I've been eating healthy. My diet's very basic. Um, you know me, I don't tell you to eat what I eat and I don't expect you to eat what I eat either. This is just... That's not the way of the world, is it? Diet and nutrition. Um, it's too highly interpersonally variable, isn't it? You don't want to eat what I eat. That just won't work for you. I don't tell any of my clients, I've never told any of my clients ever to eat what I eat. Um, I have a very basic diet. Mostly whole foods, obviously that's a good idea for you. A basic diet, mm, okay, some people like to have more variety than me. I have IBS issues with certain things which lowers my food variety a little bit, but I've also just found what foods work for me. I eat a lot of beef and eggs. I eat some chicken, I'm just thinking about protein sources first. I eat some chicken, but only really if somebody else cooks it. Like, did you notice I just explained what I've been eating and it sounded like I might eat a lot of chicken because I had a chicken takeaway thing and a chicken Indian thing. No, I don't ever really cook it at home. I don't. Um, I mostly eat beef and eggs at home. Sometimes just, okay, once a week from, a, from some sort of restaurant or something, I might choose chicken when out. I don't know why that is. I guess that's just, I don't know. It's just the way that I run things. I've never really thought about it too in depth before. That just seems to be the way that it is. Um, and I have protein shakes and lactose-free milk. So it's, I have lactose-free protein shakes, actually whey protein isolate, the isolated 
where proteins, where, what is it, out of the way protons, what is it isolated away from? One of the things is lactose. It's almost fully lactose free. It works much better for me. And I also get lactose free milk, um, literally like cow's milk, you know, the, what's the brand called? I can't remember because I've been buying it from Aldi and from Aldi, I'm not even kidding. It's like 85p. I'm like, yes, Aldi, you, you are the one. So most most places it's £1.60 for the lactose-free milk. Aldi, half price. I'm like, yes, come on now. You know, you, you've got this. It's excellent. Um, although the Morrisons near me do their own brand and it's about £1.20, so it's slightly cheaper than the... Is it called lacto-free? Is that what it says on the front of it? And it's the one in, in like the cardboard carton sort of thing. I don't remember. Anyway, th those are my protein sources. I eat quite a lot of carbohydrates, mostly in the form of oven chips. So white potato or sweet potato um, and bread. I eat absolutely loads of bread. Do I recommend that to everybody? Absolutely not. Does it work well for me? Yes, it does. Even with my IBS? Yes. Have I been doing it for absolutely years? Yes. Does it give me any bloating? No, it doesn't. Some people watch somebody else eat a slice of bread and get bloated. Some people can sniff a little bit of bread and get bloated or they eat. Some people get away with a few slices. For me, it's absolutely great. There are some vegetables and stuff like this and lactose and other things that don't necessarily work well for my stomach, but bread works really well for me. Um, unfortunately, that seems to be not be the case for most people. Um, I don't know why it is, to be honest, um, that, it, that it works well for me. That's that's what I mean. Um, obviously, other people have, some people have gluten intolerance, some people have fiber intolerances, like FODMAP intolerances, which can involve bread and wheat and other grain products. Some people have celiac disease, don't they? Some people, some things just don't agree with some people's stomachs and a lot of people, bread doesn't work for them, which is unfortunate because a lot of the tastiest things involve bread, don't they? We all love bread. Don't worry, bread goes back to the Bible. Even Jesus was giving it out. It's just that good. It's just that good, isn't it? How do you like it? Toasted? Yeah, you do. With meat in between as a sandwich or chosen meat replacement product if you are a vegan or a vegetarian. <laughs> yeah, you do. Don't you? Yeah, you do. Do you like pizza? Oh, of course you do. Do you like pasta? That's also bread. <laughs> it's just bread with egg added to the recipe and then made in a slightly different way. It's also bread, isn't it? They're both made from wheat. It's the same thing. Isn't it? Do you like bagels? Yeah, you do. Do you like donuts? It's all the same. It's different, but the same. <laughs> Isn't it? I love all these things too. Thankfully, these things do not upset my stomach. Um, I, I, can, I can eat a lot of white bread, wholemeal bread, seedy bread, lots of bread. Like by the end of today, I will literally be eating bread for all three of my meals. I had egg on toast for breakfast. Um, and then I had some pasta with some beef in it and some vegetables for lunch. And then in the evening, I'm going to have um, burgers handmade out of the same lean 5% fat mince that was in the pasta um, with maybe one or two bread buns. It depends how I feel. Sometimes I have none. Sometimes I have one. Sometimes I have two. I'm probably going to have three actual lean beef burgers, probably three. 350 calories worth, maybe touching 400 calories worth. I'm not entirely sure. Grams of protein, 75 or above. Yes, that's raw power, 75 grams or above. 450 calories, do I want one bread bun or two? Mm, it's how many calories am I looking to spend? It's how much have I eaten? 
previously for the rest of the day, how do I feel? How hungry am I? You know, sometimes I have chips on the side, something like this. And I also have green vegetables on the side. Today, I'm gonna to have a full bag of spinach and a full head of broccoli. Yes, with the, with the evening meal. That might sound like a lot of vegetables, but most people's vegetable servings are weak. I'm not even kidding. Most people that eat such weak amount of vegetables, I actually think that's one of our news of the week topics coming up today. One of the news of the week topics coming up today. I've been going to gyms too, two different gyms. I've been training, exercising, not as consistently as well as I'd have liked to, um, but I don't really mind too much. I don't really mind too much. I exercise all the time. I'm in acceptable shape for what I like myself to be in. You know, I feel okay about myself. I'm not feeling, I don't feel any self-pressure that I must change or I must this or that. I just, I don't, just, I've just been doing a little bit of tick along, doing what I can, but now I'm looking to get back into it. Um, just because the weather's looking a bit nice, which kind of just, it's inspired me a little bit. I think, yes, I will do a little bit of an endeavor and trying to get into the best shape I can. Why? Just, just for health and just for happiness, just for positivity, something to do. So I've been going to a gym called um, Good Life Fitness here in Melton Mowbray. It's an excellent gym. Um, really nice personal trainer works there called Josh. Ian, the owner, seems nice. I've not spoke to him very much, but he seems nice. Um, the members are very nice. It's a, a calm sort of, I don't know, family-based is not the right thing, but it's a... I don't know, it's hard to explain. It's kind of like an elderly people's gym, just to, just to put it frank. The average age seems to be, I don't know, 60 or above. I'm not, you know, I'm not sure, but it, so it's, it's nice. People, people are friendly. There's obviously other, there is younger people that go there as well, but so it's all inclusive would be a nice way to put it. All inclusive. Um, but Melton Mowbray is a bit like that itself anyway. Um, there do seem to be a lot of elderly people here. And why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you want to be in a nice setting? Um, I'm not sure if these people have moved here or they've been here all their life, but why wouldn't you want to be in a nice setting near the countryside? But there's also nice amenities and there's there's a lot of stuff here. Like there's literally four or five gyms. There's a, a good variety of different supermarkets that you can go to, big ones where you can get absolutely every single product that you want. Even you, I like some specific products um you know you just like the things that you like but when i've gone to the supermarkets around here they have all these things i'm like yes this we've got things here even though we're in the middle of the countryside we've got things so it is nice you can go for nice walks i see many people walking many people running many people walking dogs and stuff like this even though the weather's not been the greatest i see this and it's good i feel happy to be a part of it i've been meeting New people as well. I've been meeting new business owners around the town. I've been meeting, you know, just trying to chat to people here and there, meeting people nice and steady. People seem friendly. It's really good. So yeah, I've been going to that Good Life Fitness Gym. It's nice. Um, but today I've been to a different gym. I've been to a gym called Steel Yard, which can you, can you tell what type of gym it is from the name? Can you tell what type of gyms both of them are from the name? One is called Good Life Fitness. What do you think it's focused on? Health, happiness, well-being, it's nice, it's friendly. The other one's called Steel Yard. <laughs> it's more like a bodybuilding gym. Um, why? Because one of my goals is muscle gain and 
Better equipment's a real thing, a real thing. The Good Life Fitness Gym has really great equipment, but the bodybuilding gym has some bodybuilding specific equipment, specifically for legs. And I saw a few great and used one great, excellent back machine today, which when you're trying to do bodybuilding, you try and hit every muscle from every angle, preferably to get full muscular development. Not, not that I am a bodybuilder, obviously. Obviously, not that I'm a bodybuilder. Um, but muscle building is part of my goal, so that is bodybuilding, so that is what you do. And I like nice, well-rounded, varied training. So they've got a few different machines. They've got an excellent leg press. There's three different types of hamstring curls. It's fantastic. Um, I did two different types of calf raises. I was there only about 45 minutes. I absolutely could not walk. Um, the music is loud. The... The place is packed in with so many good machines. It's a classic bodybuilding gym. Um, some people there were big. There were some some big boys at the gym. There were some big lads at the gym. Um, some extremely impressive um, women as well, lifting lots of weights and stuff there and training really hard with weights. And I saw a couple of younger people actually as well. I did. I saw some. I saw some younger people, people looking around age, I don't know, young 20s, somewhere around there, doing their fitness, lifting weights, using the machines and stuff. Loud gym, powerful gym. Um, gym for getting strong and trying to build muscle. I was on the leg press. The leg press was fantastic. It was a 45 degree sled leg press. So you sit kind of at a 45 degree angle upside down. And then this massive giant metal plate comes down towards you and then you push it away. And it was so big and wide, the metal plate, that I could use many different angles. The seat position was absolutely perfect for keeping my lower back flat into it while getting really deep in the leg press and then powering out of it. It felt absolutely amazing. It was torturous. I was in such pain. I'd only been there about 10 minutes. A large muscular South African man, a large muscular South African man called Byron, um, shout out to Byron, extremely nice guy, approached me after I was only there about 10 minutes and pointed at me and pointed at the leg press and said something along the lines of, are you using this? And I said, yes, but do you want to share? He said, yes, okay. He asked me how much weight I'm going to do. I looked at him and immediately said, not as much as you. <laughs> I mean, I'm deadly serious, not as much as you. He said, oh, well, I'm going to do calf raises and you're doing leg press, so I'll just do whatever weights you do. I was like, okay, if you want. And I thought that's kind of funny because this guy's calves are the same strength as my entire legs. And that turned out to be true. I, did, I actually did 200 kilograms on the leg press, which is quite heavy. Um, and I did 12 good reps for multiple sets. Um, and he was blasting out the same reps and weight as me just on his calves. I was like, right, okay then. Um, he, even, he even approached me and after, after a few sets and said, you could do more weight than that. And I said, nah, I don't know. And he said, no, literally, you can do more weight than that. You're just playing games. I was like, right. <laughs> I mean, excellent motivation. Um, Byron, I know he's from South Africa because I asked him. <laughs> um, because I could kind of tell with the accent, but I'm not great at accent recognition. I'm not the best. And you don't like to assume, do you? So I just asked. Um, he said he'd only been in this town like two and a half weeks, just like me. I was like, yes, me too. Hello. <laughs> nice to meet you. Um, but he literally told me that I could do more weight and I was just playing games and I should put another 20 kilogram plate on each side of the machine and go up by 40. I said, mm, all right, then I actually thought, OK, fair point. I could do heavier. You're right. I don't always like to train heavy, um, but he was right. I put on another 20 kilogram plate on each side. He stood by me and said, yes, go on. 
Easy. That's nice and low. Good. Yes, couple more. Couple more. <laughs> like a good gym partner should or would, perhaps. <laughs> Motivational. And I still blasted out 12 more. And I thought, oh, you're, you were, well, well, sir, you were right. Especially if you're going to stand that close to me and be that big. I'll, I'll probably absorb some testosterone from you. I'll probably absorb some of his powers. Probably got me a couple more reps. Fist bumped him. He gave me a good tip on how to use the hamstring, the specific hamstring curl in one of the hamstring curl um, varieties at that gym as well. He said, oh, maybe if you, if you just, just, I was just setting the machine up. He said, oh, try setting it up like this. It's the best way. Tried it. He was right. I was like, well, there's a reason you're huge. It's because you know how to do all the torture. You're extremely hardcore and you know all the specific angles to make it as hardcore as it can be. I thought, this hurts. <laughs> it was absolutely excellent. After about 45 minutes, the machines and technique and intensity was so hardcore that I could not walk. <laughs> I was hobbling out, walked home, ate my beef and pasta with vegetables. Here we go. Here we go. So we're on it. So we are on it. Um, one more thing, and then we should get to some news, shouldn't we? We're flipping 40 minutes into the show. We should get some news. Um, shout out to my father, perhaps listening, perhaps not. Losing weight successfully. I don't know if he wants me to talk about this or not. I have no idea, but I am proud. Um, he said to me that he's decided to make change. Um, gave me a couple of reasons. I thought, fair, yep. <laughs> Why not? All right, good. I mean, you know me, I like these kind of things. I, I obviously want the people I love to eat healthy and be healthier and live longer and live happier and be more pain-free and have more freedom and move better. Of course I do. Of course I do. So I was like, good. The first week, he made a few dietary changes. Um, he cut out, in his words, his emergency scones. Talked about my father on this podcast a few times before. He is a lorry driver, long distance, goes out in the lorry, drives for miles and miles, stays and sleeps in the lorry sometimes. Takes with him emergency scones. I said, what's the emergency? <laughs> Why? I mean, in case of what? <laughs> in case of what? An oil leak in the lorry. Plug it with a scone, my dear. What we do? What could be the calamity? Please describe. Boredom, it, doth it seem? <laughs> it seems boredom. In case of boredom, break out the emergency scones. And scones is a plural word, isn't it? Because they only come in packs of four, don't they? And you know what my dad likes? Lurpak, probably the full fat one. It's pure fat spread. Oh yeah! Oh yeah! I mean, come on. I mean, at least get low-fat butter. Oh God, is it as nice? No. Is it going to save your calories? Yes. Will it help your waistline? Yes, it will. Um, first week though, he cut out some emergency scones and he said he would um, just have sweets sometimes when he was driving along in the lorry and he just thought, oh, I'll just stop those as well. So just stopping the extra few little snacks that are just coming into the diet that just aren't necessarily necessary. <laughs> You know, guess what? First week, two pounds down. Pow, pow, pow. Well done. Second week, <gasps> the weight went back up to where it was before previously. I thought, oh God, that's not good. That's not what I want to happen for my clients, especially since he, he's only going to weigh himself once per week because he's in the lorry, probably doesn't want to take scales. and probably isn't anywhere to put them anyway that's flat and reliable. So he's just got scales at home. Gets back after a, a week away, sometimes working. Weighs in on a Friday night or a Saturday morning, something like this. Fine, it's what you can do, isn't it? But people's weight's variable, isn't it? And 
Um, the, his activity levels are low. Is, is his metabolism probably the fastest? Probably not. Um, you know. So two pound down the first week, I thought, yes, good. Thankfully, you're getting a... It's, it, people need to see that what they're doing is working, otherwise they will lose motivation and they will quit. How, if your weight didn't go down at all, you think about this for yourself. If you were do, if you made dietary changes or you started exercising, you started doing this or that, and your weight wasn't going down, and you've just started, let's say, a new program, how many weeks could you take that? Could you accept that your weight hasn't gone down before you quit? Is it three? It might be. Is it four? Is it six? Probably not. Is it two months? Is it eight weeks? Would you diet for eight weeks and see no result every single week and still continue? Hopefully you would and you'd make some adjustments, but would you keep just doing the same things? No. Would most people quit? Yes, they would. Most people would quit within two to six weeks, in my opinion. So the weight went back up the second week. I thought, oh shit. I thought it better go down the second week. I mean, the third week, sorry. Hopefully it goes down. <laughs> Otherwise... How many more weeks can you do this before it's just, it's just going to say, oh, well, it's not working. Look, I tried. I did what you said and just nothing happened anyway. And I mean, it'd be a fair point, wouldn't it? It'd be a, it's kind of. Obviously, we all know if the calorie intake's low enough, the body fat comes off, the weight goes down. It's just how it works. It's actual laws of thermodynamics. Not a single human gets away from it or around it. I'm deadly serious. So we all know this is the case and this is the truth. Um... But still, that doesn't mean that people can always do it, does it? The actual practicality and the application of it's more difficult, isn't it? But thankfully, week three, his weight went down another two pounds, including the two pounds that went back on. So four pounds down total. Now, at the start of the third week, so a two pound per week loss average. Yes, here we go. Yes, I thought, good. Oh, my Lord, thankful. The fat loss gods provide. And they better do, because doth I pray, you know, for all my people. I am just the messenger. <laughs> um, but people just need to see results, otherwise they just won't be motivated, and then you just can't really blame them, can you? So I'm just glad that it's working again. Well done to you, Father. Keep it going, sir. All right. All right, then. Let's um, have a little look at some news of the week, shall we? We'll get rid of this. All right, first article here, look, in The Independent. I'm going to read this out to you, so even if you're just listening, that's okay. If you can see on the screen, good. You'll be able to see what I'm looking at. Article from The Independent. Half of British adults have no idea about nutrition research claims. <laughs> what do you think? Probably that's correct. What do you think? Probably it's correct. Half of British adults have... It depends what you mean by no idea, and it does have no idea in inverted commas, because what does that mean? You have some idea about nutrition, don't you? You must do. I say to everybody, do you, do you know what calories are or have heard of calories before? Not many people say no. Literally. So you have some idea. Do you know that fruit and vegetables is better for you than highly processed junk food? You kind of do, don't you? You kind of do. Um, subtitle and subheading balanced diets out of reach for ill-informed British public let's see what's going on then um, oh well no we won't actually well look at this for a start to news of the week no we won't because it's the independent and apparently I need to register for free to continue reading do I want to do that no I don't all right so we'll just read the 14 words that we can read and then we're going to leave this website how about that um, the independent starts off by saying British adults admitted that they did not have a balanced diet because they were bad with portion sizes 
okay? But with food groups, all the nutritional information on food labels when they were surveyed for a new poll. One of the things I think is interesting about this is people sometimes don't know what their own struggles are. British adults admitted that they did not have a balanced diet, a balanced diet, because they were bad with portion sizes. I mean, it could be, couldn't it? You could be eating too much of some portions of some things and not enough of others. But do you mean portion sizes total, like you eat too much food? Because that wouldn't necessarily unbalance the diet, would it? It could be a balanced diet that's got way too much food in it, depending on what you class as balance, I guess, because then obviously you're not take into account calorie balance, but when people say balanced diet, often they mean the food variety, don't they? Not the calorie balance of it. And people's British adults did say they didn't have a balanced diet because they struggle with food groups. I'm not entirely sure what that means. I know, obviously I know what a food group is and you could classify food groups as different things, couldn't you? Like fruits and vegetables or meats or dairy or carbs or fats, there's different things. But the people said they struggle with food groups I don't really know what that means, do you? Or the nutritional information on food labels. In my opinion, this people were asked why they did not have a balanced diet or said they didn't, according to this, they said they didn't have a balanced diet for these reasons. I don't think that's why people don't have a balanced diet. It's more like because junk food is easily accessible. It has longer shelf life. It's better tasting. It's more pleasurable. Sometimes it's cheaper. Often it's easier. Sometimes it's faster. It's more fun, isn't it? These are the reasons people eat too much junk food and they don't have balanced diets. Sometimes it can also be socioeconomic factors. Like if you're thinking about an actual balanced diet in terms of variety, like some people literally have less access through not being able to get much fruit and veg where they live. Some people can't afford fresh fruit and veg. There are other ways around this now with like frozen fruit and veg and it is getting cheaper and there are ways to go around it, etc. especially if you attend supermarkets at certain times when they reduce everything. I know that's a bit specific, but there are things you can do, but it's not, it, you can't argue that it's equal access for all either, can you? People struggle with food groups mm, in terms of what, like getting enough protein, perhaps, okay, maybe. But if people try, they can, and a lot of people like it and they feel better, you know? Or people struggle with the nutritional information on food labels, it says. Maybe, yeah, because a lot of people can't work out the calories in things. Quite a lot of people who come to see me don't understand fully how to read packets, and that's okay, I just show them. It's quite simple. You know, or people think that they know how many calories they eat, but when I show them how to actually check, they're like, oh then suddenly they realize that they're eating way more calories than they think they are and then they start chopping out some of the easy ones and then we get an excellent result but anyway thank you independent for not letting us read your article that was great all right let's go to the bbc can we play this video is the question if this video goes on youtube will it get taken down for playing this video hmm let's not risk it <laughs> Let's not risk it. And then I'll try and Google it and find out if we can play BBC content. I'm not sure if we can. Um, a dietitian has offered her tips, this is an article in the BBC, on meals and snacking to underpin a healthy lifestyle going into the new year. Um, could be Cyan, the name there. S-I-A-N. Just Googling it now, looking for pronunciation. 
Um, oh, pronounced sometimes Sean. Mm, all right, could be. Maybe I'm getting that wrong then. Maybe it's Sean. Interesting. Clicking onto the wrong article there. Perhaps Sean Porter, a nutritionist expert from Northamptonshire, very nice, said eating more fruits and vegetables was the number one thing people could do to improve their diets. That might be true. It's our third step to slim. Um, kind of, we all know, probably Sean agrees, that reducing your calorie intake is the number one thing you need to do to improve the quality of your diet. But how are you actually going to do that? Is it just by eating less you could do? Or could you add in more fruits and vegetables? Would that reduce your calorie intake overall? It probably would. Wouldn't it? So it depends which way you're looking at it. It's still a good tip regardless. She says, planning more carefully when shopping. Hell yes. Swapping sweet snacks for savoury ones. Okay. I mean, I don't know. What does she mean by a savoury snack? I actually remember that I checked out this video earlier and she recommended... When, she, when you're making vegetables for your evening meal, she recommended cutting up more vegetables than you plan to eat or use with your evening meal and then putting some in a Tupperware in the fridge and then like eating them raw, like bits of cucumber or bits of pepper or other vegetables that you can eat raw um, safely and digest well, which obviously it's like not broccoli or things like this, but ones that you can. That's what I think she means by savoury snacks. That's what I seem to remember from the video. And that's good advice. Why not? You could definitely do that. She said, having a healthy diet is going to underpin everything. And if you're eating well and looking after yourself, then you'll have the energy to enjoy 2022. That is exactly right. That is exactly right. So I agree with Sean there. The, the healthier foods, when they're taken in by your body, they're accessed better, they're turned into better forms of energy. You just feel better as well. You're getting in more vitamins and minerals. This is allowing all your systems inside to work better. If your protein intake's better, your energy levels will be better. You'll have slow digesting carbohydrates, steady energy levels. You'll have an appropriate amount of fats that are not slowing you down and making you sluggish. You'll just feel so much better. Um, I know that you know this. Anyway, let's move on. Vegetables alone, not enough to reduce heart, heart risk. The, Oh, that, no, that is what it says. Heart risk. Ve sorry. Vegetables alone, not enough to reduce heart risk. Study finds heart risk of what? Probably an attack or something, isn't it? Um, article reads in BBC, vegetables may be good for you, but eating a lot of them is unlikely to reduce your risk of a heart attack or stroke. A large UK study suggests what else we eat, how much exercise we do and where and how we live may have a more important impact, researchers say. It may do. It actually may do. Like if you eat loads of vegetables, but you also, but it says what else you eat, but yes, you eat McDonald's 11 times a week. Not, sorry, nothing specifically bad about McDonald's. I apologize. It just junk food, processed junk food. If you eat junk food 15 times per week, but you also eat a lot of vegetables, but you do no exercise and then you struggle financially or regionally to access good healthy foods or maybe your your education on what is healthy and what isn't what should you be doing or something is less you know or could all of that have more of an impact than just eating loads of vegetables yes it could of course it could the study from the university of oxford and bristol um, and the chinese university of hong kong asked nearly four hundred thousand people who are taking part in the uk biobank study to fill in a questionnaire about their diet including the quantity of cooked and raw vegetables that they ate each day the average person said they ate two heaped tablespoons of raw vegetables and three of cooked vegetables and five in total per day listen to me if you only eat five tablespoons of vegetables per day 
I don't know. Here it says, on average, people said they ate two heaped tablespoons of raw vegetables. This depends, in my opinion, what they are classing as a vegetable, because technically a fruit is a vegetable. Did you know? Do you know what the definition of a vegetable is? Let's look at it right now. But it's any edible part of any edible plant, I believe. Let's do define and then colon veggie table. Here we go. Um, this is a definition from Oxford Dictionary. Um, number Vegetable, noun, a plant or part of a plant used as a food. There you go. A plant or a part of a plant that's used as a food, such as cabbage, potato, turnip, or beans. And it also says a person with a dull or inactive life. All right, then. Well, I think that's offensive, <laughs> in my opinion. Um... I definitely wouldn't say that about someone. However, um, this is vegetable, a part, the definition that we want is a part of a, of a plant used as a food, basically. So fruit, literally, fruit, under the technical definition, also counts as a vegetable. Because do people really eat two heaped tablespoons of raw vegetables per day? What vegetables could you eat raw? Sweet corn? Spinach? Cucumber, yes. Tomatoes, yes. Okay, maybe. I'm starting to think about more vegetables that we eat raw. Fruits, definitely, isn't it? What else? Carrots you could do, yes. Some people do onions, but that's not normal. <laughs> Is it? Green fibrous vegetables raw is generally not a good idea. Apart from maybe spinach, just because it's too much fiber and you don't access the nutrition as well. Cooked vegetables have way more nutritional value and vitamin and minerals released into them than raw vegetables. This is the truth. It's like 50% or something significant, depending on what type of vegetable it is. Uh, but you know, if you're only eating five tablespoons of vegetables, that is weak. Maybe you don't have a chance to eat vegetables that often. I don't really. Sometimes I only eat vegetables once per day. But like tonight, I'm going to eat a full bag of spinach. It's like a 180 or 200 gram bag. And I'm going to eat a full head of broccoli to myself. I'm not sure what the weight of the broccoli is exactly. I was going to say, let's find out on Google because I bought it from Tesco. So we could just look up what weight the broccoli is, but also then I chop the stem off and stuff like that. So eh, you can't tell, can you really? It's hard. Well, I could put it on scales, but I'm not going to do it right now. Am I? But it's going to be hundreds of grams of vegetables, basically. I've been known to eat upwards of 500 grams, one pound of vegetables in one meal. This is, I mean, unless it gives you stomach aches, so I have to eat the specific vegetables that work well for me. But you know, if you're going to eat some food that's good for you, like vegetables or like protein specifically one of my best tips for you ever is just to eat way more of it when you do like don't be skimping on the portions like people do a little side of vegetables and it's literally like even in my evening meal if i only had total five tablespoons of vegetables that means if i'm eating with a spoon i only get five spoonfuls of it and then it's gone this is weak isn't it this is not a lot of vegetables this is why people are struggling to eat healthy um, bump it up, people. As long as it works well for your stomach and your digestive system, bump it up. Eat more of the good stuff. Eat more of the good stuff. Rich in fiber, the article then says, although the risk of dying from cardiovascular disease was around 15% lower for those eating the most vegetables, that's nice, particularly those eating lots of raw veg, 
Okay. Compared with those eating the least, the researchers said this could all be explained by other factors. These include people's lifestyles, for example, whether they smoked, how much alcohol they drank, as well as their jobs, income, and overall diet. We agree this is one of the things with nutritional studies which makes them difficult. It's confounding variables. I guess salad counts as raw vegetables as well, doesn't it? And people do like salad. I never think about salad because I really don't like it. I don't like any raw food except fruits really. Like, I'm not really a nut fan. I do not like salad. I do not like raw vegetables, particularly. I don't really like anything raw, except literally fruit. Um, maybe chocolate. That's a joke. Anyway, um, if you just eat loads of vegetables, that is not enough to override other factors in your life. We agree. Let's move on to the next thing then. Um, this is quite long, but this is a new study that's come out. Um, came out February the 10th this year. Source, Yale University, so reputable, of course. Study entitled Calorie Restriction Trial Reveals Key Factors in Extending Human Health. Summary read at the top, decades of research has shown that limits on calorie intake by flies, worms, and mice can enhance lifespan in laboratory conditions. This is definitely true. This has been shown again and again that if you, if you give, would it be an animal? I was going to say a mammal, but worms and, um, I knew it was true for mammals definitely, but flies and worms, they're not mammals, are they? So if you give an animal restricted calories versus overfeeding of calories across its lifespan, restricted calorie Animals, life forms seemingly live longer, but the article continues, whether such calorie restriction can do the same for humans remains unclear. Now, a new study led by Yale researchers confirms the health benefits of moderate calorie restriction in humans and identifies a key protein that could be harnessed to extend health in humans. The research was based on results from the comprehensive assessment of long-term effects of reducing calorie intake of energy acronymed to calorie. Do you see what they did there? Do you see what they did there? Comprehensive assessment of long-term effects of reducing calorie intake and energy. I mean, if you skip a few of those words out, then you can make it say calorie with a strange spelling. All right then. All right then. It's a clinical trial, the first controlled study of calorie restriction in healthy humans. For the trial, researchers first established baseline calorie intake of more than 200 participants. The researchers then asked <gasps> a share of participants to reduce the calorie intake by 40%, while the rest continued to eat as usual, and analyzed the long-term effects of calorie restriction over the next two years. So they asked 200 or more people to eat 14% less. Some people, they asked them to continue eating normally. 14% is rather specific, isn't it? There must have been a reason, I guess. And then they followed them along for two years. Now, this is a long article, but basically, as you can see here further down, they started analyzing a gland called the thymus, a gland that sits above the heart and produces T cells, which are important for your immune system. This is a type of white blood cell. Um, basically, this thymus gland, if you have more body fat to lose or higher levels of body fat, even this thymus gland gets fat on it and then it produces less um, of these T cells and this can then hamper immune system. For the study, the research team used magnetic resonance images, MRIs, to determine if the functional differences between the thymus glands of those who were restricting calories and the th those who weren't. They found that the thymus glands in participants with limited calorie intake had less fat and greater functional volume after two years of calorie restriction, meaning they were producing more T cells than they were at the start of the study. But participants who weren't restricting their calories had no change in functional volume, fat loss making people healthier. 
this is how it goes, ladies and gentlemen. This is just another example of just basic calorie restriction as a very important variable, not overloading your system with way too much food, causing too much body fat to be stored in the system, which just hampers nearly every single system you've got inside your entire body. Even your immune system will get better. At this time, with everything that's just been going on, the, on, the, on in the world virus-wise, as you were aware of, this is very important. Nice little summary here at the bottom of the article. It says, there's so much debate about what type of diet is better, low carbohydrates or fat, increased protein, intermittent fasting, etc. What's better? And I think time will tell which of these are important, said Dixit. That's the um, D-I-X-I-T. That's the surname of somebody in this study. But this study is a very well-controlled study that shows a simple reduction in calories and no specific diet had a remarkable effect in terms of biology and in shifting the immune and metabolic state in a different in a direction so <laughs> sorry it was it's got di dash starts on the next line caught me up for a second there the metabolic state in a direction that's protective of human health so from a public health standpoint i think it gives hope i agree good that's really nice there isn't it two more we've been on just over an hour um and then we'll get off shall we ladies and gentlemen it's been lovely to see you and to be speaking to you if you're just listening on the audio formats, of course. Next one, this comes from Harvard. Um, new guidelines say continue red meat consumption habits, but recommendations contradict evidence. Oh, this is a good point, ladies and gentlemen. This is a good point. Let me talk to you about this for a second. So you may have seen studies, you may have heard of studies, I've commented on this before, you'll have seen this in the newspapers, you may have seen other fitness professionals talking about this. There's many studies showing red meat um, has correlated with negative health outcomes, either higher cholesterol, higher body fat levels, um, diabetes, cardiovascular disease and heart disease, shortened lifespans, all this stuff correlated with red meat. So let's go back to the study here, new guidelines, so new guidelines on healthy eating have been produced that say to continue red meat consumption habits. The new guidelines say that red meat consumption is fine despite these recommendations contradicting evidence because there are, I agree, this is true, studies showing that red meat seems to be bad for you. Why is this then? Why do I also eat lots of red meat despite these studies? I know about this. Why everybody say, oh, don't eat too much red meat. Oh, it's bad for your digestion. Oh, what about your cholesterol? Oh, what about the planet? I mean, do you think I'm not aware of these points? Do you think I don't take these things into consideration? Of course I do. A con reading from the article, a controversial dietary guidelines recommendation published in the Annals of Internal Medicine, we like that, suggests that adults can continue to consume red meat and processed meat at current levels of intake. And it's got a little link, seemingly. No, it, that's not a link to the study. I can't find it right now. That's a little bit of a one. It's, it's saying that that's the first reference that they're using there. However, I can't find it right now. Let's just continue reading the article. It's not important. Um, this recommendation runs contradictory to the large body of evidence indicating that higher consumptions of red meat especially processed red meat, true, is associated with higher risk of type 2 diabetes, cardiovascular disease, and certain types of cancer, and premature death. Dun, 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 dun. 
However, according to the annals' authors, their guidelines were based on a series of rigorous systematic reviews published simultaneously, see articles two through six in references, that would previously account for all this available evidence. Ooh. Ooh. Already understanding this, I already understand. This is, um... This is long to read you through. Let me have a little look at this Q&A here on the page. Let's see if we can just move this over so you can see a little bit better. Seemingly not. Yes, we can a little bit. Um, anyway, after scanning this, I'll just run you through it. Apologize for the pause there in the conversation. I was just reading through the article. Basically, what the deal is, is the people concluded in the Annals of Medicine that yes, there are studies showing that red meat is correlated with poor health, but the evidence is slim. The actual effects they seem to have on people's health is very slim. Um, having a lower protein intake or less um, B12 or iron, which B12 and iron, it doesn't say this in the article, I'm just giving you the information. B12 and iron are the two most common or two of the most common, sometimes the most common vitamin and mineral deficiencies in Western diets. Both of these are very highly contained in red meat. The evidence of red meat being bad for you is, there are studies, but it's few and far between. It's low impact in the studies. Sometimes it's not statistically significant. And also the problem with these red meat studies is that it's not partioned out between what's processed red meat and what is healthier red meat because what they do in these studies are often correlational studies where they send out information to people and surveys and things like this and they say how many times a week do you eat red meat and then they do other questions on these people like what do you weigh or we might compare what people say they eat to their gp records or to their blood tests these different types of things get done and people think, how often do I eat red meat? Well I went to McDonald's twice last week and I had a kebab on the weekend so that's three you know it's the junk food that gets people. It's low quality burgers. It's shitty sausages. It's low, low quality processed reformed meats. Pro this is not this is not necessarily good. It's fatty. It's full of fillers and bunk. And you know, these are not technical terms. <laughs> you know, it's just it's just not the best thing ever to eat. And then it comes with other things like grease because of the way that they cook these things. And then you get chips with it. Then you're also drinking Coca-Cola with it. And then people that eat more takeaways and more McDonald's and stuff, they exercise less on average because healthy habits and harmful habits compound and combine together, don't they, in people's real lives and lifestyles. So there's just millions of confounding variables. If you're eating lean red meat and less processed meats, like, like me with my my burgers and my high red meat consumption. I don't eat poor quality sausages. I don't eat burgers from random places. I eat lean, healthy, lower fats, like five or 10% fat, different varieties of red meats from good quality sources I can get my own hands on. There's nothing bad in this. It's just protein. The thing that makes it red is heme. Okay, what does that do? It's nothing negative. What else is in it? What else is in this meat that's, oh, it's bad for you. It's not, oh, it's too many saturated fats. Oh, is it? Because I eat lean meat. So how is it impacting my cholesterol in any way? 
Please tell me. Let's settle down and we'll talk about it, shall we? So basically, there is there are studies that show that red meat is bad for you, but it doesn't account for these confounding variables of what type of red meat it is. There aren't any studies passing out people between people who eat processed red meats, people who eat red meat but not processed red meats, like me, um, people who don't eat red meat, and vegans and vegetarians like this. Because if you put these people together, it looks like the red meat eaters come out with the worst health, health outcomes, and they do, and the people who are vegans and vegetarians come out with the best health outcomes, and they do. But this is not because there's anything bad about the meat or specifically amazing about the vegetables. They all have different advantages in and of themselves. It's that people who are vegan and vegetarians are more usually health conscious in other ways, and these are more lower fat diets and stuff like this. And people who eat more red meat generally eat more crap. Because you're pounding the barbecue ribs, aren't you? <laughs> aren't you? Speaking of cholesterol levels, last article then, um, this is unfortunate news. A bodybuilder, this is in um, the publication Generation Iron, uh, publication not meaning in terms of studies, I just mean place of publishing things. These are They are in documentary producers and um, I think a magazine. Um, this is their article anyway, a bodybuilder, Boston Lloyd, somebody I've followed online, not recently, for about the last five years. I haven't really kept up with Boston Lloyd, but yeah, four or five years, I don't know. But before that, I was very aware of this gentleman and following him a little bit online. Boston Lloyd has died at the age of 29. Boston Lloyd was open about his steroid use and his kidney failure during his career. Article reads, Bodybuilder Boston Lloyd has passed away at the age of 29, according to sources close to Generation Iron. That's the name of the magazine. There has been no official cause of death at this time. Um, Rumours are heart attack. Lloyd passed out at his home in Springfield, Florida, before being taken into hospital where he was pronounced dead. Oh, it says here the paramedics on the scene believed it to be a heart attack, but there is no official word yet. Um, so this is obviously not good news, is it? 29 is a very young time to go, isn't it? Let me just switch you over so you can see back on the screen here. Let's take a little look at this guy, shall we? If you're looking on the screen. No, I don't want to say that. Thank you. I just want to put in Boston Lloyd. I'm not entirely sure if that's the correct spelling. Other videos by other people showing Boston Lloyd has passed away. Let's look at a few pictures of this guy. Whoop, sorry. Let's look at a few pictures of this guy. You can probably see that above my head now. Look at him, he's j -j -j jacked. Maybe you can see these pictures popping up in and around. Obviously, he's a bodybuilder. He's only 29 years old. Obviously, he's lean. Obviously, he's muscular. He was using a lot of steroids. He was using more steroids than anybody agrees is a good idea. He was actually famous online for being very open about the, frankly, quite ridiculous sometimes amount of steroids that he used and the amount of different compounds and drugs. This gave him kidney failure. He's waiting for a kidney transplant currently. Um, but now he's had a heart attack and seemingly anyway, and this seems to be the end. And this is very disappointing. There's been quite a few bodybuilders dying in the last few years. And it's too many drugs, too many new drugs. Um, not even just steroids, but also insulin and SARMs, selective androgen receptor modulators, um, peptides and... GLP-1 this and just insulin and diuretics sometimes, terrible for your health and 
different hormones and it's just all this just pressure and weighing that much in muscle puts a lot of stress on the heart and all these drugs are negatively impacting cholesterol levels and then these people are eating a lot of food they're, they're not overweight in terms of body fat but they are overweight in terms of muscle mass on purpose they are aren't they but they're still overweight they still have to pound a lot of food to get like that that still puts pressure on the system still reduces lifespan as we've just discussed and quite a few bodybuilders really great and impressive and powerful people have been dying prematurely ages 50s 40s things like this recently and now this guy 29 years old world famous for using probably way more steroids than 99% of everybody who uses steroids in the world passing away too young um, leaving a wife and children I believe as well which is the most unfortunate thing in the world isn't it the most unfortunate thing so anyway look at that are we ending the show on, on negativity what's that about <laughs> this is not what we do here at News of the Week is it? So let's perk it up for a second. Thank you for watching. Um, the time's now quarter past four in the afternoon for me. I think I'm going to go out for a little bit of a walk. I'm going to go out for a little bit of a leg stretch. Um, I've just been training legs at the gym this morning, like I told you. So I'm going to go for a little walk about. I'll burn a few calories. I'm going to come back, make some evening meal. It's actually a Saturday for me today, Sunday. I'll have a calm, nice, relaxing time next week. I'm planning to move forward on business, hopefully make you another podcast, get things moving, get things shaking, support my members, make content, help people, be positive, eat healthy, do my exercises, spend time with my girlfriend, spend time with her daughter, come here, speak to you. These are my only goals on the earth. These are my only goals on the earth. Help people. Be healthy, be happy, love people, spend time with my people, support my people. These are my goals always, every single day. Am I always successful? No, I'm not perfect. Come on. But these, is, these are my goals. This is, this is what I aim for. That is the truth. Think about your goals. It's the weekend. Rest yourself, relax yourself. What are you going to do next week? Let's try and move forward powerfully and positively. Don't you think, ladies and gentlemen, this has been News of the Week. It's been the 22nd of February. It's quarter past four. On a Saturday afternoon, the sun is shining outside and it's been lovely to see you and speak to you. Please let me know what you thought of the show. If you've listened through to the end, you must have liked it. Thank you so much. I appreciate you. I appreciate you being here. Please leave me on a little like or a comment or review the show, whether it's on YouTube or Spotify or send it to a friend or send me a private message or go to slumsociety.co.uk if you want help or to send me a message or email me at sixstepstoslim at gmail.com or go to Facebook and type in Slum Society or Instagram as well because I have at least four followers on Instagram. So you could be the fifth. I have literally no followers on Instagram, so you could follow me there also. That'd be lovely. And you can support me. You can hit the double tap and we can spread good health and happiness and positivity information around the old interweb, shan't we, people? Thank you so much, Connor Rhodes. I appreciate you. I'll speak to you and I'll see you again soon.